You're listening to KZYX 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. We are Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, listener-supported community radio. Stay tuned. This morning, my guest is Mendocino County Sheriff Matt Kendall. Ooh, almost slipped there. All right, stay tuned. Good morning. I'm Karen Audubonny. Matt Kendall, are you there with us? I am. Good morning, Karen. How are you? Good morning. And we're on Zoom, and i got to tell everybody, just to give you an optics here, um, our sheriff had COVID. We're going to uh, get a little comment about that, but he's got a COVID beard and mustache. How handsome. Never <laughs> seen you with hair on your face there, Matt. That looks great. I don't think it's going to stay on much longer. I think I'm going to wind up shaving it off. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. It's the thing with guys. They, you know, you see them, they got hair, they don't have hair. It's, it's really, it's always fascinating to me as being a girl with no option to do that. It's always fascinating me how you guys decide when and how you're going to do that. So, um, Matt, you hadn't been on the air. Let's see. Last time we did radio was, God, I think in October. It's been a while. Um, there's not nothing real critical I wanted to get you on there, but I wanted to catch up because there has been a few things going on, and it's always good to check in with the sheriff. And I am going to open up lines this morning at uh, probably halfway, a little bit more than you know, when we get done, because I want the uh, listeners to have access to you, because that doesn't happen a lot. I know you get to talk to people on the street, and they call you and stuff, but this is a really great forum for people to come in and ask questions and stuff. So uh, let me start off with, I'm sitting here, and there's this notice in front of me, in the front of the board here, and it talks about the June elections and what's going on about the, we have a primary election coming up June 7th. Um, and for you out there that aren't registered to vote, you need to get on that by May 23rd. Also, if you want a mail-in ballot request, you need to get on that by the end of, before the end of May. Um, you can go online and figure out how to do that. And then it has a list of all the positions that are coming up in June. And by golly, by gosh, there it says Sheriff Coroner. Has it really been three years? It's been three, well, it'll be three years in January, um, you know, this election cycle is for uh, January. For January. So it's been two, yeah, two and a half years. I I mean, Rich and I were going, wow, that went fast. I, guess, I, bet, I bet it didn't seem that fast for you, though. <laughs> it's been. No, a, believe it or not, it seems like it's gone by in about 35 seconds to me. Um, we have been at such a dead run for so long. Yeah. That, uh, it, time flies when, when, when you're that busy. And, uh, it's true. It doesn't sit around. That's true when you're that busy. So um, so first off, let's just check in. Uh, last time I saw anything written up, you had COVID, dude. You made it Yeah, through. I did. I came down with COVID. Um, I had a little bit of a scratchy throat um, on a Monday evening um, before the Board of Supervisors meeting on Tuesday. And so I stayed home and kind of, I don't have good... Um, uh, Wi-Fi or, or um, connectivity at the house because I live kind of out in the middle of nowhere. But I, I took a, a test kit home with me and uh, spoke with Dr. Corin um, and said, Andy, you know, I've got a little bit of a scratchy throat. And we've had a lot of COVID in the county, including at the sheriff's office. And he said, yeah, go ahead and test, uh, test a couple of times. And sure enough, um, you know, I was I was negative on Tuesday morning, but positive on Wednesday morning. And so uh I wound up having to work from home, and, um, you know, the nice part was 
the wife was home with me and we were able to do a lot of work from home. She works, uh, she's a legal secretary. And um, also I, I was able to catch up on a lot of chores that have become deferred maintenance for the last two years. And I was able to mow down the, the grass and whatnot, the fire danger stuff. While it was still green, I got to do it with my tractor instead of a weed eater. Wow. Uh, and usually I don't get after that until June. And by that time, it's too dry to do it with my tractor. Yeah. So it sounds like um, you're, you're baxed and boosted and all that stuff. So it sounds like because of that, that's a fairly mild case if you're out working and busting butt on the ranch. That's, um, uh, all that's that impressive. I was that that's impressive. One day of scratchy throat, and I have to, you know, I, I truly believe it was because I had the booster. Um, oh, yeah. I, I spoke with Dr. Korn about it, and he said, yeah, your case will probably be light. And, I mean, honestly, with the exception of that scratchy throat and a positive test, I never would have known I had so the positive test. This I'm just going to pick your brain because I haven't talked to anybody who's tried the at-home tests. So that really worked and verified it. Did you have to go get a regular PC or whatever heck they call test that is? That did no, it. I did not go get a PCR test. Um, and strangely enough, my wife tested negative and still tests negative the entire time, but she's vaccinated. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things. It's a hit or miss thing. It's like the flu. You can be around people that got flu and then you don't get it. Well, I'm glad it was a light case. And I'm sure your wife and everybody's glad you got all that honeydew list on going on yeah. there. So um, you brought it up and I did want to talk about that. The jail has gotten really hit with COVID. And I know even your staff has gotten hit pretty bad. Um, can you walk us through? I mean, that's got to be an incredible pressure situation when you don't have control of the people you're bringing in you don't know where they're coming from they're vaxxed or not vaxxed um just give us a catch-up on how that's happening is it have you still got a lot of cases going on at the jail and uh, we don't have as many cases because so many people have um you know been through it and then tested out um i'm looking at my stats i get i get twice daily briefings from the jail and, and uh you know we were between staff and inmates like 130 at one point well this morning we had 35 positives and so that's how fast it dropped off and we worked with dr corn and public health we have a system where when people come in they're immediately tested and then they are quarantined and tested a couple of times a week before they go to general population um and you know that has worked really well right up to the omicron variant and it is you know dr was very small it stays in the air for a long time and even though somebody walked down a hallway you know 24 minutes ago chances are you walk down that hallway you still have the ability to catch um so we we did okay on it um it was a lot of cases it, of course i was chewing my nails off of course i was concerned um and in a county like this and i mentioned it before I can go across the parking lot and I head over to the jail a couple of three times a week um, for a visit and, and make sure everything's going well. But I've got a lot of my old buddies who are spending some time in there and the parents call me and I, I run over there and visit with them now and then. Um, and it's, it's not like you would think about a prison setting. Um, a lot of times in our county jail, it's more like, we got some people doing some time, but time out kind of kind of community yeah. timeout. Yeah. Yeah. These are a lot of reasons. So, yeah. But we're getting that under control and that makes me feel good. Um, but as far as that wave going through the sheriff's office, it's going through the sheriff's office in the same fashion that it's going through every other employee or employer in the county. You know, it doesn't matter whether you have a construction company or a, a bakery, 
you know, that wave goes through. And yeah. we having two or three a week come down with it, two or three a week uh, recovering and coming back to work. So are the um, are the people that are coming into the prisons or the jail, excuse me, are they offered the boost, the the vaccines and have most of them? What's kind of are you getting the hit on most of them already been vaccinated and boosted or are you like a front no. line of doing that? We're, we're kind of like a front line of doing that and we can't force people to take it. But anybody who asked for it, we give it to them. We had, uh, I think it was like uh, 12 or 14 days where we couldn't get our hands on it. Um, really? But the entire county really couldn't get their hands on it at that moment. Wow. Um, but Dr. Corin and um, Public Health have been really a, a wonderful set of partners to work with, um, constantly getting us what we need to, to serve that population. Did you have any of the the uh, inmate or the jail um people have to go to the hospital and been any, no. any emergencies like that oh good okay well that's good to hear all right i mean it's still it's a burden on you and especially when you lose staff when you've got staff out and you do, you have a limited amount of staff i know you're still trying to staff up i've seen some advertising been some really good advertising out there or recruitment listings uh, on facebook and stuff like that i see you're doing more outreach how are you doing with getting staffing for the patrolmen and the lieutenants and all of that it um, i mean when we last time we talked we were in the middle of the covid and all the um training facilities all the schools all of that were really shut down have of the training facilities for getting these guys and gals trained are those back up and running so you have a new source of new recruits yes, yes. Oh, they're back up and running but that that you know eight months to a year that a lot of them were shut down created this gargantuan vacuum and a lot of the legislation going on in the state caused a lot of early retirements at the exact same time. So we've got this lack of training that creates the vacuum. And then early retirements, they increase that vacuum. And so now I'm working uh, with the undersheriff. We're presenting things to the Board of Supervisors for hiring incentives that will match what the Ukiah Police Department has. Because every agency in California is in the same wrestling match for employees. Yeah. Did you get that approval? I, I had seen where Ukiah, the city of Ukiah, was offering $3,000, $5,000 bonuses or something. I don't know. $20,000 bonus for a lateral hire. Oh, did not see that number. I thought it was less. Yeah. Okay. So are we getting some recruits coming in? Um, to we the have not got that program through yet. Oh, okay. The Board of Supervisors is still chewing on it a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm going to be bringing it before him here real shortly again. And uh, I think that we've got it worked out. I'm pretty sure that they will be supportive of it. I know that our board wants to see uh, wants to see the numbers come up, and they want to see uh, good recruits and local recruits. I recently picked up three in the police academy: uh, two young fellows from the coast and one from Covalo. Um, oh, great! So Covalo's then, got some coverage. So we've got some people out in Covalo, South Coast. Oh, yeah. We have people in Covalo every day. We don't have any residents living That's in there. That's what now. I was wondering about residents. Yeah. Okay. So that's, um, let me just say again, I'm Karen Audubon. My guest today is Matt Kendall, Sheriff of Mendocino County. We're just kind of catching up on what's going on. Um, 
And then I'll open up the lines in a bit. And you guys have questions. Get your questions and concerns ready and stuff. So I will do a shout out to folks that are listening. Uh, I think that's a really great idea to um, put out incentives for you to get hiring, since I know that it's it's really a competitive world world now, and that a lot of states and cities and counties are offering up these extra incentives. So um, if you got a chance and align to your board of supervisor, whoever your supervisor is, tell them you think this is a great idea. Idea maybe if you do um, you know they can always use input the supervisors want and should have input from us the community about how we want them to see spending our money and I think giving a little bit money extra out to get recruits in so our streets are safe I think is um, for me personally in my humble opinion is a good thing to be putting money towards so um, one of the things that jumped out for me that I really do want to cover with you because it was kind of spooky I know last month there's been several women that you found dead on the side of the road I have to just say it bluntly. That's what's happened. And um, there was kind of not a panic, but there was a little concern. There was a lot of concern put out on Facebook and the mass media, social media and stuff about there was at least two women found on the side of the road in Mendocino County. And then you go down to Sonoma County and Napa. It looked like it was kind of a string coming up 101. And there was like a rumors going around. Oh, my God, it's the serial killer and all that stuff. Can you, I, I know that's been denied and we've, people have said, no, 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 they're not connected. Can you give us just a little bit of an update on where those investigations are? I mean, we've had more murders in this county in the last two years than I think I've ever seen. I know that I've ever seen. So can you just give us a little bit of comments on that? Well, we do not have a serial killer. Um, people are saying, oh, my goodness, these are all connected. But the fact of the matter is we have done exhaustive research on these and investigation. They are not connected. The only common thread is we are seeing a lot of drug overdoses. And, um, you know, we had the one female who was down kind of by um, Christy Lane. Um, and that coroner's case, when we get the talks results back on that, we will have a, a, a good knowledge of exactly what happened. The next one was actually just over the Sonoma County line. Right. Um, that is being investigated by Sonoma County. To tell you, we believe that that was absolutely a homicide. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Yes. And then um, there was a, a woman found dead in Napa County and then another one in Sacramento County. And... I've been seeing the same thing on social media. Oh, my goodness, there must be a serial killer. Well, I can tell you, the serial killer that is out there is fentanyl. Yeah. It is, I mean, that's what it is. And all of these things have one thing in common, um, 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 a lot of drug abuse. And I think that we're beginning to see the chickens come home to roost on some of these things. We had all of these rounds of legislation that basically decriminalized drug use and drug possession. And I don't care how anybody feels about that. People will say from one side of the, the equation, that's a good thing. So people will say from one side of the equation, it's a bad thing. The fact is, it is what it is. However, until such time that we have framework in place to deal with these addictions, once the police have been quasi-removed from the equation, um, we've got to have a framework in there to deal with these issues or we're going to see more of this. And fentanyl is in almost every drug that we seize nowadays. It's salted into methamphetamine. It's salted into heroin. It's salted into every every single counterfeit pill that we seize in our narcotics team. <clears throat> it's turning out to be fentanyl. 
Well, and the other and, thing I've been noticing is that there's been a lot of rescues or revivals done with the new um, drug, what, Narcan, I think it's called. Yeah. Um, I mean, you guys, the, the sheriffs have them in their cars, the Ukiah Police Department. There's been a lot of savings of lives in the last few months I've seen by doing the Narcan thing, too. So, um, yeah, with the toxicology, toxicology um, reports six weeks out, it really does leave this void with trying to decide where you need to go in the investigation. So in the cases, I know Sonoma County is doing the investigation, the one on the border that was on the down south on 101. Um, where does it go once it's like the situation with the gal uh, in, outside of Ukiah? Do you have to investigate all of that or does another agency come in? I mean, that's got to be quite a financial budgetary impact because how many open cases have you got of deaths right now? I think three, maybe four, um, two, three, at least three, I think. Yeah, I think so. But um, some of these like that, that case on Christie Lane, of course, that was investigated by our detectives. Okay. Um, we had eight homicides in Mendocino County last year. Um, oh, my gosh. Seven, seven out of the eight. Um, the eighth one, we have an absolutely, we have a suspect, but he is, uh, you know, not in our custody at this moment, and I can't go any further into that. But um, we have, you know, a lot of work for the detectives to the point where, you know, when you've got four homicide detectives and you're having eight murders in a year, each one of them gets two. In some of these cases... You know, they require a year's worth of work. So it's... Uh, there goes your budget. It does. It does. I mean, sorry, it's, it's just that when you get remember. down to it, there goes the budget. And then on top of that, we have, you know, people don't commit crimes on bankers' hours. And then, you know, when our district attorney prosecutes them, we lose that detective for the length of the prosecution and a lot of work on the way up to it because that that detective is going to be the investigating officer and he will sit with the district attorney throughout the entire trial right right so i think that catches up on the the what's going on with that uh what else i i saw your um the jail expansion is happening that's the other thing i wanted to see how that's going i mean there's the funding for it it looks like the supervisors are on board for it have they started the actual banging nails and busting out anything yet Nope, we're just finishing up on the plans of it. Um, I would imagine we're going to break ground on it as soon as the uh, funding is all 100% secure. And it is a really exciting thing because we started working um, with the Unconditional Freedom Foundation, um, doing jobs programs, doing things like that. I hired a, a young lady who is my, uh, my coordinator now for the inmate services. And uh, she's a... Uh, just an incredible asset and we took this time during covid to be able to build all these plans about the direction we were going to go we didn't waste any time on that so that when covid lifts we can have these programs and whatnot to be able to have these folks walk out the door a lot better off than what they were when they walked in a lot of it is education jobs programs um you know the beekeeping program i'm a beekeeper so it's a lot of fun for me to go over there and and hang out with the guys um, while I was in COVID, I, I built some swarm traps because a lot of the fellows in jail were saying, hey, what if we trap some swarms? Okay, well, I built a bunch of swarm traps and we're going to hang them, you know, around the jail there. And, you know, that way we can collect these feral bees and, and put them in hives. Uh, we've got all of these things going on that are going to be really good. And the new jail is only going to enhance that. 
great. So you've got a good perspective. I mean, you've been doing this much longer than just being sheriff. What about the recidivism, the people that keep coming back? I know you said you've got a lot of guys you see turn gals that just turn over, and that's going to be, I mean, I've been in the Valley, for Anderson Valley, for 40 mm-hmm. years, and I know the guys that have been in and out of jail, in and out of jail. They get to an age where it kind of burns out of them, and they straighten up for a bit. But um have you seen less recidivism, the turnover, people coming back? Which, how do you see that after all the time you've been around the county? Well, that one's hard to say because we don't have the same type of crime in county jail that we used to. Oh, okay. Um, with AB 109 and a lot of the state prison realignment, crimes that used to go to state prison are now going to county jail, and crimes that used to go to county jail are no longer going to jail. Right. They're going back out on the street. Yeah. 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 And so that it in a weird way it does not help our recidivism issue because it used to be if you got pinched with a, a bag of methamphetamine or heroin in your pocket there was some teeth behind the law and the judge would say you can go get clean or you can serve 90 days or you can serve, you know, a year and now there's no real incentive to go get clean. It's here's your citation and um yeah. you know and that's another thing that's driving this this terrible epidemic of drugs that we're seeing in this county. And it's not just this county, it's all over the state. Yeah, I'm getting the I'm getting the feeling at a state level and I've been reading a bunch where people are really getting aware of this um, kind of like tag and uh, tag and release. I don't know what you'd call it. Kind of, it's kind of tag and release. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of discussion at the state level on that because you you try to help these people m- get straightened up, but if it's just a tag and release, I guess where I'm seeing it a lot, uh, the discussion is around these m- smash and grab mobs in the city because if it's not a thousand dollars, it's not a felony. They just get tagged released and they're out doing it again so um, hopefully at the state level and in our communities there'll be more discussion about what is the appropriate way to try to handle these things so there you go again uh sheriff uh matt kindle is on the air with me today um give us a few more minutes and then i'm going to open up the phone lines which are going to be at 895 that'd be 707-895-2448 so you can get access to the sheriff and let us go on what's going on um what so i mean we have a resident deputy in cloverdale because this is one of the concerns i've been hearing about in my valley specifically is we still don't have a resident deputy in anderson valley uh you've got south coast resident deputies do you have you have willits deputies right Um, we have main station in willits we have a main station that's what i wanted to know yeah and we fill we fill covalo and uh and Point Arena, Walala area, out of those, out of our two main stations, Willits and Fort Bragg. Okay. So it was areas every day. But I've asked the Board of Supervisors, and they supported me on it for a, uh, a housing and, and, and um, resident deputy bonuses, specifically for Covalo and Point Arena. And they supported me on it. And then I went out and got a grant to help cover the uh, cost of it. Um, we've got a, a couple of folks who we hired recently that have been kind of sniffing around about wanting to either go to the South Coast or go to Colo because they're saving up to buy a house. And this is one of those things that would help them to do that. Oh, good. That's a good, that's really good. Okay. So things are moving a little bit towards that. How many deputies are you still down? Oh my goodness. 
You were down like 23. 13, 13, 14, between between people who have left and then injuries. You know, we're down, I think I've got 24, 25 people on patrol right now, but also down because of COVID, you know, and it's running about three a week and then three come back. Um, But we haven't been able to pick up uh, a lot of the attrition that we've had due to uh, due to some losses, uh, retirements. um, It's the whole uh, gambit. It's the whole gambit. So we're still down. Release a couple of guys. What's that? So we're still down several deputies. Yeah, we're down, you know, roughly 40 percent. That's what I was going to say. I thought last time we talked, it was like 23, 24. I think you needed to get hired or something like that. The other thing I wanted to point out, too, that I was thinking about is that with the with the city of Fort, you got the city of Fort Bragg, the city of Willits and all of that. You've got the only jail. Don't all the so everybody that gets popped in the cities, Willits, Ukiah, Fort Bragg, all of those, they have to come to the county jail, correct? Yes, yes. There you go. Okay, I didn't know. That's something that, you know, I mean, a lot of people might not know that that's where everybody comes. That's the only jail in the county, folks, because used to have a holding. I think there used to be a little holding cell up in Willits and one in Fort Bragg many, many years ago, but that's not happening anymore. No, Fort Bragg, uh, they, they have holding cells that are only there uh, for the amount of time that it takes to get fingerprints and photographs for the police departments. Oh. And then they come down to county jail. Now, Fort Bragg Police Department had a city jail back in the Oh, way back. Yeah, yeah, when way I back. was a young man working over here, 22, 23 years old, we had a city jail. But we would book them in there, and then a transport man would come pick them up, and they would serve time in the county jail. Right. Okay, great. All right, so um, any other topics been on your mind? Do you want to get out to the public? What's going on? Just, think- uh, you know, a couple of things happened this year that, Christmas time rolls around and we always get cards and letters, but not in the fashion that we got this year. We needed a wheelbarrow. Look, bring them into the office. People came by with things that it, it almost, I mean, some of these things, I was sharing them with all the deputies. We were putting them up on the briefing board. And uh, some of the outpouring of support for us just about bring you to tears. Um, it, we've got a lot of good people in Mendocino County and, we're doing things a little better than the national. I, I'd say that we're beating the national average by a long shot. And I hate to say it, but I think it's the truth. When you don't have enough to go around, everybody works together and everybody appreciates each other. And it doesn't matter what side of the political coin that you're on. Your neighbor is your neighbor. And um, it was... Uh, uh, get a little choked up. Just you're looking, you're looking real overwhelmed. I see. Yeah. yeah well, it was it was a very incredible thing for us this year, and I just wanted to let everybody who's listening know how much these deputies appreciated it. Um, you don't know what it means to them. Yeah, I mean, it's been a stressful year, and I think when we've been locked down, and when we, you know, spend a lot of time just thinking about the community thinking about who you interact with um and who you really need when you need them when you know when you're down um it really brings forth for me how what an incredible community we'd live in um yeah it's it's really important and the sheriff's department and the deputies that we see in our community that we interact with it's um they're there to help us and i think we all really really realize that and uh 
Yeah, so I'm glad to see the outpouring for that. Thank you to the communities for doing that. And, you know, when you see your deputy, you see a CHP, you have a chance to thank them because they're out there. And literally, I know not as much as other big cities, they're putting their life on the line for us every day, folks. That's um, They're there to be serving us, and they really do a great job. All right, so... I, you know, I mentioned, I kind of skip back, I get, you know, get going on this. Um, I mentioned that there's the sheriff's position is open. Uh, are, are you planning on throwing your ring in the hat? <laughs> or hat in the ring, oh, yeah. I mean? Yeah, hat in the you. ring, excuse me. Are you, uh, you're, you're planning to run? Yeah, I'm, I'm collecting some signatures. Uh, okay. Got to pick up my paperwork on, uh, what is it, the 14th, and I've got to get that filled out and throw it in. And then we'll see where it goes from there. And uh, after... The wife and I spent 12 days together in COVID lockdown. Both of us realized that we are not ready for retirement yet. And uh, yeah, she you is look, the you most look. wonderful woman on earth. I love her so much. But I can tell you that uh, when it comes to the honeydew list, she's a bit of a slave driver. <laughs> yeah, you don't look like you're ready for retirement yet. Okay, well, that's good. Now we know that he, you're going to throw your hat in the ring, and we've got that going on. Um, so how many signatures do you have to collect? Is that something we should put out to the community? Um, I've, I've gotten my signatures. You got them turned. Oh, in. you got them in. Okay, you're fine then. All right, good. All right, okay, folks. I'm going to open up the lines and we'll just chat with the the sheriff in the interim. Eight nine five two four four eight. Don't forget you got to dial that seven zero seven now. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. And I just want to make a comment. What happened? The last show I did was with Ted Williams, and he and I were going on and talking and going after everything. And I put out the phone number, and nobody called. And I thought, wow, I guess he and I answering everybody's questions wow this must be a really great powerful show and then i found out the phone lines weren't working <laughs> so um that's what happened on that folks yeah we had a like the the phone lines crashed a lot two weeks ago when that happened it was like okay you know all right so we we do have somebody calling in and we're going to get them on the air so here we go matt here we go all right good morning caller you're on the air with us are you there Hi, yeah, I'm here. Uh, I just had a question about this uh, jab that these people are pushing on our children. I have a 12-year-old. Uh, we're Christian. We don't want to... Wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not the topic for today. We got the sheriff on, so that's probably a, a Dr. Cohen or a Tuesday morning thing when we talk about the 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 vaccines. I'm not really into talking about the vaccines, but think about that. We're going to get another caller on the air. Good morning, caller. You're on the air with us. Hello, hello. Are you there? It's a deadline. Okay. Try back again. 707-895-24 My God, I had a it's been a hectic morning. I had a flat tire on the way out. <laughs> so anyway, 895-2448. Let's see if we can get somebody on here. We are with the sheriff. That is the topic. I'm not going to do anything vaxy thing. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Yeah, we don't want this vaccine pushed on our children. No, stop it. I mean, really, there's another show for that. Not going to do it, Matt. Just not going to do it. Um, okay. So, 895-2448, not going to talk vaccines, just not going to do it. I got control of the phones. Hi, you're on the air. Hey, hello, this is uh, John Penan from Covalo. And, hello, John. Uh, hi, Sheriff. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've been uh, uh, teaching vocational education for the last 50 years, 
uh, wood shop specifically. I think that uh, this is a timber county, and wood shop uh, it, it should have an important place in the educational system. But uh, over the years, uh, I've done a lot of shows. You know, uh, uh, I just wanted to tell a story about the home show that I did uh, at the Ukiah Fairgrounds. Uh, this was, you know, a couple, several years ago, but, uh, I'd never met Sheriff Tom Almond and, and, uh, it was early in the morning. I'd just gotten set up and I saw Tom come in the door. He was an early riser and he came straight over to my booth. You know, he passed everybody up, came straight over to my booth. Like we were old friends. He started talking about vocational ed and, and, uh, the, uh, program that he was trying to set up with Schott's Bakery to teach inmates uh, baking and, uh, you know, more uh, hands-on job uh, uh, training and how successful uh, it was. And and, uh, we had this wonderful conversation. He had a real heart for, uh, you know, I felt for uh, teaching people, uh, you know, skills that they could go out in the world and support themselves. And so, you got a con- you got a question for the sheriff, or just I was just, you know, I heard him say that uh, they were uh, including uh, uh, some uh, vocational activities in the new uh, jail, and and I just uh, that was music to my ears when I hear. Uh, jobs programs, uh, I, I just uh, love it, and I'd like to, to comment a little bit more about that. The thing, oh man, uh, bees are <laughs> sacred. Anyway, uh, hey, well, thanks for uh, the I'll call. Let the sheriff comment. All right, thanks Thank for you. the call. All right, so the phone lines were hopping there, 8952448. Any chance they can get a wood shop or that kind of a thing going on in your new uh, jail facility? One of the one of the first things that we want to get started, um, and I talked to John about that, uh, I don't know, a few months ago. I grew up with John's children there in Covalo. Um, and, of course, John did a lot of work on everybody's house, and, and he was a, you know, just an incredible woodworker. And, he, by the way, he's a twin, just like my brothers. <laughs> anyway, um, one of the things that we're looking at is um, we're going to get a bunch of lumber, and we're going to have them start out building some beehives. Um because these guys are interested in that and they're all reading this literature these books that we've got them and then we have kind of some hands-on classes and building some of these things will save us money in the long run but it'll also help to build the program yeah i mean some of these working with uh, contractors are getting some getting some skills into these people that are in the facilities are you know i think job education job skills real vocational things uh, that's 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 one of the things i've always seen is going to move people out of the downward spiral or the spiral that they're in they need they need something to feel good about that they've done and i think that's 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 what lifts them up yeah we have a gap for skilled labor right now my father-in-law is 72 years old and welds every weekend because people are calling him because they can't find a welder Oh, I know. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, you can't find plumbers, you can't find electricians uh, in these smaller, I mean, if you're in downtown Ukiah or Willits probably, but if you're rural in the outside area to try to find, you know, competent labor and people to work, 
even just handyman, just to even have with all the yep. seniors that we have in the county, uh, just to even find a handyman. All right, we got the sheriff on the air, 895-2448 to get in. The lines were booming, and now they're open if you want to get in. Um, is there... So... What I wanted to get back to was uh, the the train, the getting these people education and all of that. Well, we got a caller. I'll stall and we always default to the callers. Okay, here we go. Caller, you're on the air with us. Well, good morning. I'm really excited to hear the conversation, especially about the bees and what you're doing with the inmates. And I was wondering, does our county have any connection with uh, horses and pairing inmates with either wild horses and, and uh, having them be able to uh, have that non-human feedback for how they're communicating and being in the world. Hey, great question. Can you take it off the air? Thank you. Sure thing. Thank you. Yeah, great. That's a good one. Working with animals I've seen in the prisons and stuff just has incredible impact. That's a great question. Well, we don't have the room for horses, but what we do have the room for is chickens. Um, <laughs> and that was a, another um, one of my goals. And, and Kate's been working with me on this to try to get a chicken tractor built. Um, because we can use, we can put the chickens out inside of the uh, secure perimeter, and then we can use um, all of the uh, chicken poop, basically, to help us build soil for the garden project. And, you know, there's, I, I have a lot of chickens at my house. I am addicted to chickens. I just, I mean, I got to, I'm constantly getting new chickens. Um, but it's one of these things where we want things that will, it kind of started with the garden project and then we went into bees because we need the bees for the pollination. And with the collapse of a lot of honeybee hives throughout the nation, um, anybody doing bees is helping the environment. Right. And then if we move into chickens, um, then we take the chicken waste and the bedding and whatnot, and we compost that. And, you know, Cold Creek compost got us started. They gave us a great big load of soils, amended soils to get that project going. And then, you know, they're constantly ready to help us. But we want to get to the point where, yeah, it's great that you help us, but we want to be sustainable also. And Martin has been absolutely wonderful helping with the garden project and things like that, as well as the food waste recycling. All of that makes good compost. And we want to connect it all together. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a great uh, project. Plus, it, it grounds the inmates to the the ground and working and getting their hands in the dirt um anything with working with animal shelter and maybe working with dogs and helping we with haven't gone that, that far, far yet we're trying to do everything that we can inside the perimeter right now yeah that's true Reaching so the stuff out, that will yeah. fit right now and then as we begin expanding this program out working with that unconditional freedom project I see us being able to take on more and more, and they've been an excellent partner. So just, I know we don't have any calls coming in. Let me give the number out again. This is your access to the sheriff. Matt Kendall's here with me today, 895-2448. you got to do that 707. Tell me about, I don't know, I've not heard about this project that you're talking about, that you're working with. They're going to be releasing some videos on some things that they've been working on. And what, what do they, they do? do? Yeah, what do they do? Who are they? It is basically the idea of, taking it back to basics and having a quote-unquote prison monastery or a jail monastery. And people think that that is a new idea or a novel idea. No, that is the ultimate back to basics. It really is because incarceration basically started as that, where you were sequestered away to think about your crimes, 
and to get right with the man and get right with the victims of your crimes. Plus, these folks have come in and they're working with my corrections officers. Because when you think about this, this is a big society, okay? And the corrections officers, the corrections deputies that work in there, they're a portion of that society. We want to keep them mentally healthy, physically healthy, in the exact same fashion that we want to keep, you know, those folks who are serving a little time with us, mentally healthy and physically healthy. And because they take that all into account, um, we are seeing improvements on a daily basis. And, you know, they, they want to get back into getting people's hands in the dirt um, because everybody wants to get up and do something productive every morning. I don't care who you are. You want to do something productive. And even if it doesn't reduce recidivism, it makes the jail easier to run. That's a win. Oh, great. Well, it's good that you have those resources. Okay, we got some callers coming in. We're going to jump to those, okay? Good morning, caller. You're on the air with us this morning. Yes, thank you. I wanted to say how much I like this man. <laughs> this is a, a really wonderful thinking human being, and I really want to encourage when it's possible, when it's possible to develop an outside-the-perimeter program, having these men or even women working with horses, not necessarily wild ones. I have to say, as a five-year-old dyslexic child, it saved me. So um, something to think about. It is. Thank you. Um, and I will say from my experience, I have a dear friend who I helped, you know, known her 20 years when she was young, met her when she was a teenager. She's working with a horse place down in Oakland and they're using their facility with the horses and that for, for kids with disabilities and PTSD. And it is the, it is phenomenal what's going on i have to say it's a it's a hard setup to do but man the impact has been really phenomenal um the whole ptsd thing with getting vets out there and people with that to work with the animals um it's pretty impressive all right there you go matt i'm gonna take another call good morning caller you're on the air with us this morning good morning i had to turn off my radio for just a minute oh thank you for doing that Yes, the last part I heard sounded like uh, the sheriff was talking a, a little bit about the honor farm, and I'm not sure if that's what they call it still, but I know down in Sonoma County, what they have down there is um, you can go to the honor farm, and it's not like a, a jail, and you, you work the land out by the airport and create food, and I think the food goes to some of the schools, and um, it gives the uh, inmates, if I remember correctly, a way to work themselves out of jail for every 15 days you work, you get one day off of your sentence. I'm not sure if that's correct or not, and I'm just uh, wondering if that's kind of what what Matt was talking about and um, if he could elaborate on what uh, our honor farm might look like, like maybe uh, since we don't have Chamberlain Creek training firefighters, um, and uh, whatever other uh, uh, forest rangers and um, fish hatchery workers. And so uh, uh, I just wanted to uh, leave that, pose that as a question. Thank you. All right. Thank you. That's a good one. Matt. Well, I don't have an honor farm, but I'm trying to treat my uh, sentence side like it is an honor farm and let those fellas work out there, ladies and gentlemen, both work out there. Um, and there is an incentive 
alternative-based system um, that we've been working on. As a matter of fact, um, our presiding judge, Judge Nadell, just signed off on it. One of the things that we're trying to do to turn the jail right now is go from a punishment-based system to an incentive-based system. Because, and, you know, it's a strange thing, but think about it for a minute. You will get what you expect out of people. And if you get incentives for um, completing training, completing your high school diploma, going to college, working out um, with me and the bees and everything else, then there's an expectation that we want to praise you. If it's a punishment-based system, then there is an expectation that we want to punish you. I hope that that makes sense to the listeners. And people have to remember the sheriff's job is not to punish anyone. That's the judges. And that punishment comes when they come to jail. My job is care, custody, and control. Those are my, my jobs. And so when um, we hired Kate Fagan to be our um, restorative justice coordinator, the main thing, and, and people look at this and say restorative justice, oh, my goodness, that sounds like people aren't being taken to task. Baloney. <laughs> they are being taken to task because one of the portions of that is you have to make it right with the victim. And a lot of people do not move forward in this life because they have never made it right with the victim. They have a victim of a crime. The judge gives them 30 days, but they've never made it right with the victim. And that's one of the reasons why I have been such a big proponent of the restorative justice program, because it takes the victims into account. And we have moved so far away from remembering our victims in society that this system actually puts them back into the mix and says, we're going to make it right with you. This guy's going to make it right with you. This gal's going to make it right with you. And then... People begin to heal after they have made some atonement for their sins. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I can see that. All right, we're going to get another caller on. Let's go here. Good morning, caller. You're on the air? Are you there? Okay, we're going to get another. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Oop, wait a minute. Great job. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Sorry about that. You got to start over. I had the wrong button down. Ah. Hi there. Yeah. Hi there. I think the sheriff is doing a great job in many ways. Whoa. That's weird. You got to call back. I'm sorry. I got the phone. That was my fault. That was not a board. That was me totally being um, a senior moment. So try to call back 707-895-2448 and I will push the right buttons this time. Um, now we go. We got them back. Hi there, caller. Sorry about that. <laughs> Second time we charm. So, yeah, I was saying, I, I think the Sheriff is doing a great job in many ways, and this isn't meant to be an adversarial question, but there are so many news stories out now about, um, you know, police practices that are causing more trouble for everyone, like these no-knock warrants that are getting people killed. So I'm wondering, how does, how does the public find out about what the uh, sheriff's policies are? about things like no-knock warrants and et cetera, et cetera. And I'll take my answer on the air. Hey, thank you. Yeah, so how do we find out about your policies and things? Well, we all of our policies are listed on the website. And it's not just our policies that define that. It's also the California Penal Code and the Health and Safety Code. There are two different specific pieces of legislation that deal with knock and notice. Um, one is contained in the Health and Safety Code. I believe it's 1527 of the Health and Safety Code. And the other is 844 of the Penal Code. In the state of California, we do not have the option to serve a no-knock warrant 
unless we arrive and we see something, you know, we've got eyes on with a, a guy who's got a spotting scope looking through the window and there's a man standing behind the door with a 12 gauge. I am not going to knock on that door knowing that he is going to shoot me. Um, and so that is something, a decision that has to be made right there. But statutorily, we have to give knock and notice when we serve an arrest warrant or a search warrant. The health and safety code covers search warrants. In 844, the penal code covers arrest warrants. So, and anybody can go to Mendocino Sheriff, I guess, Mendocino County Sheriff. Um, I'm website. not sure what the website. I guess you just Google it. It'll pop up, and that has all everything on it and all of that. So, anyway. All of our policies and procedures are on it. And you have to remember, when we see uh, the national news, they are talking about states that do not have the California Penal Code. Some states, it's perfectly legal to serve a no-not-warrant. Um, it's not legal here. Yeah, California has very strict laws on that kind of stuff. Um, I had a great question, and it just, like, went right out the air. Gosh, Matt, I got to tell you, it's been a hectic morning. Uh, Callers, 895-2448. We got some minutes. We can get some more calls in. Here we go. We're going to get another caller in, because that's what I wanted to do, is get open lines with the sheriff so you can have access. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. I think I got all the buttons pushed right. (laughs) <laughs> what a what a great thing to have the sheriff on with you. My name's uh, Bill C, and uh, I just wanted to thank uh, you, sheriff, for uh, and also Kate for making me feel very welcome when I take twelve step meetings into your jail. It's uh, um, I just it, it's a real shift since you've been uh, in charge, and it's. Uh, um, and I, I just thank you. It's, it's been tough with COVID, but uh, uh, it's a priority, obviously, for you, uh, both of you, to you know, to get treatment into uh, into the into the custody side there. So, uh, thanks again. All right. Well, thank you, thank you. And believe it or not, um, Sheriff Allman started a lot of this, um, and it's kind of been an honor for me to be able to carry the torch for a lot of things that Tom started. You know, Tom was kind of on the cutting edge of a lot of different things that I'm getting some pats on the back for. And I want to be very clear about that. But I was able to hire the right people. And I hired the people and told them, your job is to push me. And I need you to come in and push for these things. And, you know, we have to take care, custody, and control into mind while we're doing these things. But if we can do it safely, we will. And I've hired a few people who are very good at pushing me and explaining the pros and cons. And we have to understand, these folks in jail will not be there for the rest of their lives. Do we want them better when they walk out the door? I do. Yeah, and I think, yeah, like you said, a timeout should not be just timeout to punish. It should be timeout to educate, reform, and help them move out of whatever situation they've been in. I I mean, I like the three C's you just said. Uh, Care, custody, Custody and control. control. Yeah, that's really great. we got to use that time to do good things with it. Yeah. All right. We're going to get another caller on because that's what it's all about this morning, folks. Good morning, caller. You're on the air with uh, our sheriff. Are you there? Yes, I was. Yes. My name is Julia and I'm in Ukiah. And it's my understanding that the no-knock warrant is still available when it concerns the welfare of a child. If you have suspicion, 
you can use the no knock, but only for that. All right, let me see if that's so. That's, we'll ask the sheriff. Thank you so much for your call. Is that right? No judge can authorize a no knock warrant in the state of California. Okay. There you you have to be able to prove that there was a reason why you did not serve not notice. And the judge will hear that reason and make a decision as to whether or not that warrant is valid. Okay, that's after that's that's in when you're getting the warrant. But like yes. you said, if you arrive to a scene of something and you can see there's violence about ready to happen inside that you that that trumps all that that yes. really trumps everything. So, all right, let's see if we can get another caller in here. Good. Whoop, that one didn't work. Okay, we're going to clear the lines. 895-2448. We're getting another caller here. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Yeah, this is Phil Lanneman Potter. This is this is not quite on what the sheriff's on top of it, but my concern is, is the amount of cons that we're moving. I wanted to give me his idea of what it's going to amount to that so many people that are going to be turned out back into society uh, without the trainings. And the and talent that they got from working for the con crews. Uh, I was a fireman. Let me tell you what; those guys were fabulous on the lines, and they took care of the national force over there, Jackson and stuff, all during the off season. And and then they made uh, ran a sawmill, ran a planer, uh, made furniture, did all that stuff that they learned. So that's and not happening. That's not happening anymore. No, it is we not. We got we got ten empty crews right now. All right, let me ask the sheriff about that. Hey, thanks for pointing that out. I didn't realize that. I'm getting new information. A lot of people don't. It's sad because it was really an asset that, you know, yeah. our, our governor eliminated this. So Really? Anyway, All right, okay. He's got some ideas. My, my wish comes soon because well, there's a lot of guys that were talented leaving out of there, and they aren't going to be now. All right. Thank you. Hey, so what do we know about that? Because I was just thinking, well, with all these guys in there, and they're husky, they're young, they need to burn off a bunch of energy, get them out there in the woods clearing and fireproof and stuff. I mean, so this was the crew that was outside of Willits. A lot of that stuff ended with AB 109. Um, the people who were going to prison were no longer uh, the nonviolent offenses and things like that, and so those camps were harder to fill. You had to have a uh, oh. classification that you were not a dangerous person because there were minimum security and then the governor decided that he was going to start closing prisons and those were the first to go because they were hard to fill because almost everybody who goes to prison now is not a um, uh, non-violent offender oh so the whole concrete thing up in north has all been closed down that was a yeah. great asset that guy i mean the firefighting that comes out of the prisons the crews and the now and now i think they just changed the law so they can actually go into that profession before they were denied that if they had a felony or had been in and now they can actually become firefighters and stuff like that mm -hmm. which is great i mean i always thought that was really crazy you go out you train all these people to do all this incredible stuff and then you go no 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 you can't go into it as a profession that's just that's just appalling. So, all right. Well, we're getting up towards the end of the uh, hour. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you, I, it came back to me after a moment, was things have been pretty hot up in, I mean, I know it's off season for the old dope pot growing thing, cannabis thing, but how's, is Covalo going to be as hot as it was this last summer and last year? I mean, it was terrible up there, and I don't know that it's going to get under control. Well, based on what I'm seeing, We've had a lot of people leaving Mendocino County in northern Mendocino County. There are people who have walked off and left hoop house after hoop house full of rotten marijuana that was not trimmed. And that is based on the major tanking out of the price on the black market. Now, this is where it concerns me. 
we now have miles and miles of plastic that nobody is cleaning up. And who's going to be responsible for that? The county doesn't have the money for it. The Board of Supervisors are pulling out their hair, doing their best just to find the funds that need to serve public safety, to serve roads. To, I mean, they're handed problems that King Solomon couldn't solve in three weeks, and they're given 20 minutes to deal with. And yeah. so now we're going to have all of this environmental blight, and who's going to deal with it? Because I can tell you, if you fly over this county, you will be appalled at what you see with the garbage that's been left and the plastic and the trouble going into the streams. Wow. I, that's another one. Um, personally, my humble opinion, you find out who owns the property, you hit them with big fines, they don't clean it up, you seize the property under taxes, and then you clean it up. That would be my humble opinion, even though, because I... As I've said lots of times, when I drive out my ranch road, I see nothing but hoop houses and stuff, and it's getting pretty appalling. All right. Well, hey, Matt, um, any last words for the listeners? I'm not going to take any calls because we've only got a minute left, but just... Well, you saw me get a little bit emotional, but I'll go right back to this. I cannot thank the folks in Mendocino County enough uh, for the treatment that my deputies are um, They are treated as they should be as the sons and daughters of this county. And uh, it is absolutely humbling for me that our public treats these folks so well. We have picked up deputies from out of the area simply because when they come up and, and ride along with the deputies, these deputies are treated so well. Great. So while everybody else is having all these problems across the United States, then they come to Mendocino County and the citizens treat them just as good as gold. Great. Well, thank you. And I want to thank you for being so accessible, uh, people, and uh, we will talk again, I'm sure. Have a great day, and I'll be interested to see if you still got the hair on your chin next time I see you, Matt. All right, Terrence. You take care. care. Have a great day. You bet. All right. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willetson Dukaya 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.